This is the Pipkin and Turnbull Show. How is everyone doing today? I hope you're having a good day so far. It is January 1st, 2021, or 7th. I always mess that up. It's January 7th, 2021, uh, the first show of the new year. So we've got a uh, lot to talk about. Uh, So, Jamie, what is on the docket for today? All right, man. So we're at the end of the NFL season, and um, it's time to hand out some the first annual Pipkin and Turnbull Awards. Um, we'll handing out our awards to the best NFL players at um, Coach of the Year, Rookie of the Year, Offensive Player of the Year, Defensive Player of the Year, Comeback Player of the Year, and MVP. And then this week we will continue our look at the NFC East division, um, break that down, what we thought of the division as a whole this year. That was a very funny division to watch, um, but still competitive. I, I liked it. Um, what what was sad became kind of entertaining. Um, our, and then we're going to look at our reaction to all the college football bowl games. Um, and then we're going to preview the national championship game. And then lastly, your favorite segment, Pipkin Turnbull, pick the best and worst things they saw over the past couple of weeks. So with that, um, awards. So, uh, um, I mean... You, we can start with coach of the year. Who, who do you got? Yeah, uh, I think we had a, you know, I think this year, what was cool about this year is that you could make a lot of cases for a lot of different coaches. Uh, mm-hmm. I think about like uh, Mike Tomlin, uh, definitely, you know, Andy Reid. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I also, I, you know, I also think, I, you know, I think, um, I'm trying to remember his name. Brian Brian Flores for Miami. Um definitely should be credited, you know, what yep. they're I think Miami is in a, in a totally different direction. Um uh, it was kind of crazy to see them the last couple of weeks mm-hmm. uh during last season and then they kind of uh were able to keep that up during this whole season. Um but I think, you know, looking at it all, um I I got to give a lot of credit cuz I know I I've, I've been saying this a lot about this team but this whole team has been completely different um and I and I got to give it probably to uh Sean McDermott of the Buffalo Bills um you know um especially mm-hmm. the way that they've closed out um looking like you know uh, the, one of the hottest team if not the hottest team I mean trending right during the right time going into the playoffs, mm-hmm. um, you know, last year um, they, they, you know, got in the playoffs um, almost beating the Texans um, to, you know, eventually would have mm-hmm. played the Chiefs. But I, I I think, you know, there you saw the team, you know, I think felt flawed. I think the team felt as if, you know, that they weren't sure yet if Josh Allen was their guy. Um, a little bit, you know, didn't really – they had – Somewhat of a defensive intensity, but I, you know, it was up and down last year for them. Um, but this year, it just feels like, you know, they they can beat you in so many different ways. Um, they are, are such more of a physical presence, and then you know, on top of that, is just 
the level at which Josh Allen has got to. And I've got to give credit to, you know, the organization getting a Stefan Diggs who, um, you know, had the most receiving yards for, I think for any wide receiver this year. So, I mean, that trade, you know, in and of itself and that, you know, that offense looking unstoppable at times. Um, so yeah, I, and I think that just has a lot to do with, you know, we always talk about, well, what's the culture of your team? And I think these past, and I think this is this would have been, I want to say, you know, I think Sean McDermott's maybe his third year or something like that. So, I mean, um, you know, I, I think each year they've been increasingly um, getting better. Um, and so, yeah, uh, mine would be uh, Sean McDermott. Okay. Um, for me, um, it, it – I like to see, like, all right, what what did your team look like last year, and then what did your team look like this year, and um, and you said trending forward, and I'm, so I had Sean McDermott, and then I I erased it after thinking a little bit harder on it, and I've got Kevin Stefanski as my uh, coach of the year for the Cleveland Browns. Um, he has done what a lot of coaches couldn't do. And he led them to the playoffs for the first time in 18 years. Um, you know, he's building something there that I think is going to be competitive for years to come. Um, you know, they're in a little trouble right now because he's not going to be coaching on the sidelines this weekend um, due to COVID. Um, but this is a team that I feel like is finally competitive in Cleveland. And so... Wow, like Sean McDermott, like I said, I had him on my list. Um, I think everybody was kind of expecting the Bills to be where they're at because of Josh Allen, because of what they're building there. It was kind of like, yeah, they're they're a good team. The Browns were kind of a question mark because they, they're always hyped up, hyped up, hyped up, and then they're an 8-8 eight and eight team or, or worse. And it's – so what – him getting nine wins, I think, this year, nine or ten, um, and getting them to the playoffs, I think, um, is great for him and for that um, city. So I have seven, Kevin Stefanski as my. Yeah, I, uh, I, I think, you know, um, I think, you know, where I just go a little bit where you, you know, scratched out Sean McDermott, you know, and you put Kevin Stefanski in. Um, I, I think I felt with the Browns, I think, you know, I, I I just felt like, you know, past GMs and maybe we give John Dorsey a little bit of credit uh, for getting mm-hmm. this team built up. Um, and maybe, you know, I mean, so, I mean, you know, fell into a really good, talented team. And I think what I appreciate yeah. with Sean McNermott is, you know, it's it's just it's increasingly getting better um, since he's been there and a totally change in culture. Um, and so, uh, yeah. And I also like the fact that the Bills, you know, um, I don't think anybody really thought of them as powerful going into these playoffs games in this season that 
we you know would have had them at the start of the year and i think the browns definitely were are in that kind of category um but yeah i just like i yeah. said i know i've been talking up the bills a lot and maybe they'll go down this weekend you know because that's that's how it usually goes so uh i don't know but uh <laughs> yeah awesome but yeah i think i, I think yeah. i agree with you uh, kevin has done you know what no coach has done in 18 years, so there's a lot to be said for that. Um, who do we got next? What do you want to go to next? Rookie of the year. Okay. So who you got? Um, since we only could uh, go one, I uh, you know was uh, struggling, you know, because I. I like what Justin Jefferson did at wide receiver. I liked what Chase Young did. Mm-hmm. Uh, but, you know, you can't deny what – if you only can pick one, if you can't pick offense or defense, I think you'd have to go with, in my opinion, go with Justin Herbert. Uh, just uh, really um, stepped in, looked like a seasoned vet, um, really – Mm-hmm. Um, was a reason why the Chargers won a lot of you know the games that they did end up winning, uh, yep. and so um, and also I, I think you know I give it to Justin Herbert a, a little bit to his credit and to his talent was I was I had kind of thought Herbert actually was probably going to be a bust, uh, but he he's he's you know he seems like he's fit for the NFL and you know starting day one. Um, you know, had had given you know you know you look at the Chiefs the first matchup um in in all respects probably the Chiefs should have maybe even lost that game against the Chargers so I mean first yeah. first game out and almost beating the Chiefs is pretty impressive um yeah. you know and and I think uh it, it's pretty good to feel you know as a Chargers fan and knowing that as a rookie you can come in and be kind of thought of moving forward as your franchise guy. So yeah, uh, probably would go with Justin Herbert. Yep. I'm right there with you, man. I had, again, I had Justin Jefferson, um, cause you know, you look at, look at what Justin Jefferson did this year. Um, and who his quarterback is and that team, the Vikings aren't the best team, um, in the NFL. And, um, but he was still you know, like it, it, his first start was week two against the Chiefs, um, and he didn't even know he was playing until after the national, you know. And so it was like, hey, you're our guy. This and he had no idea because of Tyrod Taylor's uh that that doctor punctured his lung or whatever, and so he had no idea that he was gonna play that game and play great. And he he yeah, and like I mocked. At the beginning of the season, I mocked Justin Herbert to the Chargers because I liked what he brought and I knew what the Chargers had and what they need because, you know, I see my team play them twice a year. And so I kind of see their how their team is and how they play um, a lot. And so um, I thought, you know, that what guy fits them? Herbert. And here we are. And so... Um, I just I really liked what he brought this year. I, I'm looking forward to seeing what he brings next year with with this success. Um, yeah, and just like you said, stepped. He didn't 
I mean, it was it was really really cool. Like you know, yeah. And his his first start was against my team, and he he tear, he tore him up. And so you know that wasn't cool, but it was you know nice to see that um, that he just he was so ready. And I watched Hard Knocks. Um, they covered the Rams and the Chargers, and he he looked like he was getting it. But the whole time watching that, I was like, all right, this dude's going to sit a year. We're going to see what he can do in 2021. And then he comes out and plays in 2020 and just tears it up. And I think just yeah. with all knowing all that, Herbert has got to be, he, he no doubt, rookie of the year for me. Yeah. So moving on, I guess I'll pick where we're going next. Um, okay. let's go with that. Since we talked a little bit of offense, let's go defensive player of the year. Who did you have for defensive player of the year? For me, it was kind of harder because I almost, um, there was a couple guys that I was going to put, um, in this spot, but I could come back to TJ Watt. Thing that, that like, we're in a year where the Boses weren't like all that, you know, JJ wasn't um, playing, you know, to what we've seen. But one guy that always stood above everyone was TJ Watt for me. Like that is a guy on defense this year. You had to prepare for you. You had to double him. You know, you had to, you had to have help on that side of the line to stop TJ. And so, like I said, I was looking for cornerbacks, some safeties, some linebackers, but every time I looked at that list of possible defensive players of the year, my my eyes always went back to TJ. So, TJ Watt, defensive player of the year for me. Yeah, once again, I went the same I went the same way too. I went with TJ Watt. Um when you mm-hmm. just think about what the Steelers have been needing on defense for a long time now is the the uh cuz I mean, as a Steelers organization, you're always kind of looking like, you know, we want to get back to our steel curtain days, like we are Yes. Steelers want to be known as a defensive team. You know, and you had to, ha- you've got to have guys that embody that, you know, generation mm-hmm. to generation of players. And TJ Watt, um, there's just, you know, when I think about defensive players, I think that comes in the factor too. Um, because it's just mm-hmm. hard when you sometimes just base defensive guys just on stats sometimes, which mm-hmm. I mean, I, I mean, should be a large portion of it, but sometimes you just got to go with, man, that. That guy completely changes his team, like his whole, his whole, the whole defensive team. He, he, you know, plays 110 percent, just like his his brother JJ. Um, and yeah. so, yeah, that's why I'd love to see all the Watt brothers on the same team. I'd love it. Uh, <laughs> see, see, yeah, it's, possible. it's, it's very it's possible. possible. Uh, see JJ and TJ play together. That'd be amazing. Um, but yeah, yeah, I went with TJ mm. Watt for that reason. Uh, you know, ending up with 15 sacks. Um, you know, so this this entire Steelers defense has been kind of riddled with injuries, especially in the front seven. Uh, but he has been kind of their mm. constant. Um, 
and he's a game breaker, game changer, whatever, whatever, whatever yeah. um, words you want to use for him. Um, that's what he is. And, and just like any Watt brother, his motor just keeps going. I mean, that's what makes, you know, what I feel yep. like the Watts so successful is I don't know if they're super talented at a, one thing, but their most talented aspect of them is their, their motors are constantly going and, and yep. total effort on every play. So, uh, yeah, with that, that's why I'd give it, yeah, I'd give it to TJ Watt. So, yeah. Okay. All right. So, I guess we can go to Offensive Player of the Year. Uh, I guess I, I can yeah. get started on that. Um, so, <laughs> everybody's knee jerk for this is going to be Derrick Henry or um, Stephon Diggs. Um <laughs> I went Travis Kelsey for my offensive player of the year. Um, he came in second um, in receiving yards um, this year. And, you know, he's a tight end. Um, you know, I think he had around uh, 10 touchdowns. Um, you know, just he's always – he is the most constant player on that Chiefs team. When Mahomes is not having a good game – Kelsey is always like that safety blanket, you know, and he's, he's, I just, I really, really, and he's, his blocking, I feel is, um, underrated. A lot of people don't give him the credit he deserves for his blocking. Um, he's just, he's always open. And whenever you think you have him, he, he's able to wiggle out of it. It's just, he's so constant for the chiefs offense that, um, you know, I I just feel like he's the offensive player of the year. Like, you know, uh, Derrick Henry had a great year, and you know, Stephon Diggs had a great year, and there was a lot of guys that number wise are better. But for me, offensive player of the year, it had to go to Kelsey just because of he's up there with the wide receivers and numbers, and his he's so constant. He's he's one of the awesome vets for the Chiefs team, um, great leader, um, and so I, I felt like he he it should be the my offensive player of the year. Yeah, I you know like you said I I think this was you know I I think everybody wants to choose anything but a quarterback for this award uh, <laughs> because mm-hmm. I mean you got to have a lot of quarterbacks in this discussion for sure. Um, you know, what's interesting mm-hmm. is I think honestly, if, uh, you know, we'd be talking a lot of Dalvin cook, um, without his, you know, the games that he missed yeah. this year, but looking at everything, mm-hmm. um, I don't think without question, it's gotta be uh Derek Henry for me, uh, just, you know, rushing mm-hmm. over 2000 yards. Um, he, you know, he yeah. is the literal motor for their offense. You know, what gets me with the chiefs mm-hmm. is, uh, and, and not to say, I I think, you know, Kelsey, you know, this year has been the best tight end by far where we, you know, there was, you know, we had the debate, you know, and I think last year we had our debate and I, you chose Kittle and I chose Kelsey that last time around. So, I mean, mm-hmm. uh, you know, it's not, uh, so this year I don't think they're, you know, cause Kittle got hurt, but you know, but also uh, Kelsey has been unquestionably the best tight end in football. I think what you know what's hard mm-hmm. for me to choose any Chiefs player is that that whole um, legion of Zoom 
uh, help each other out, you know, because you can't, you know, <laughs> yeah. if you're if you're trying to cover one guy, you got the next weapon up, you know, and so that's why yeah. you see big games from Kelsey, Tyreek Hill, Watkins. I mean, you've got mm-hmm. the Legion of Zoom. So, I mean, that's, you know, whether you like it or not, that's that's yeah. the only reason I kind of don't put as many Chiefs players that that their whole entire offense is like, especially their skilled players is based on, well, if we're going to focus on Hill, well, then we're going to go to like, you can't, it's all, <laughs> you, you know, you've got to pick your poison. And so at time, you know, but yeah, but yeah, I do agree with you. I mean, maybe on that whole entire, especially this year, maybe moving forward. I mean, you, you've got to, you could maybe find other ways to stop some of those players, but you can't see them. If Kelsey's going, um, mm-hmm. it's it's hard to stop that duo when they're going, you know, because his yeah, like I said, his route I running and just getting to open spots. Um, I, you know, I don't see any other tight ends doing it quite like him. Um, and his hands have gotten a lot better. I, I've seen a lot fewer drop mm-hmm. balls from Kelsey this year. I think that's also helped him out. But yeah, uh, just you gotta you know like like Derrick Henry in, in this age running for 2000 yards is really impressive. Yeah. Um, so, but it, you know, what's funny is, you know, we keep talking about, you know, it's past heavy and things, but there seems to be a lot more of these running backs that are having a lot more sec- success nowadays. And I think a lot of teams mm-hmm. are really going back to where we've got to be more balanced. And so I think yeah. moving forward, these running backs are going to become like they did in the past, you know, more and more crucial uh to their teams so yeah um yeah yeah i would agree yeah yeah, that one was a hard one for me um because yeah everybody wants to put henry but i just i just feel like you know what with what kelsey did and with the weapons that are around him for him to lead the team and receiving um i feel was um awesome and speaks a lot about him um, but yeah, moving on. Um, comeback player of the year. I feel like this one is an easy one. Um, you know, it should be called the Alex Smith Award because um, that he is the ultimate comeback player of the year for me. You know, um, 17 surgeries, told he might die, told he might lose his leg. Um, yeah, uh, I, and then now he's he's in the playoffs. You know, um, <laughs> the Redskins. <laughs> The Washington football team is um, four and one. Yeah, <laughs> four and one with him. Um, and so uh, I. That one was a no brainer for me. Um, I, I mean, unless you got someone different. Yeah, no, um, I mean, I feel like the, the two. I yeah. mean, obviously, I agree with you. I mean, like you said, they've got to rename it to the Alex Smith Award because it embodies everything <laughs> what you talk about with the comeback player but you know i the one that i think you know had got less traction which i didn't really understand is is i felt it was between probably big ben and alex smith uh because he um he was you know his he had a severe injury that could have ended his not not like alex smith because that was life and but his was yeah if if this surgery doesn't work you will not be able to throw a football again um and yeah. so, and then to come out and um, lead his team to you know uh, twelve and three um, says it says I mean it says a lot on his year too. But 
like 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 you were saying, uh, you've got to you yeah, got to name it the Alex Smith Award from now on, you know. So, uh, but but Big Ben uh, did incredible things, and and to me, you know, and and um, mm-hmm. it's it it showed you, you know, how much he was needed on that team, how much his presence made a difference on that team that was filled with talent last year, um, but they just they didn't have Big Ben. You know, mm-hmm. um, and that was kind of the same look, you know, when we, you know, think about when Peyton Manning was out, you know, that that impact, you know, because a lot of people mm-hmm. just wanted to give Peyton Manning the MVP award that year because they he was like ranked super high in like the players top 100. And he didn't even play that year because they realized <laughs> like how, yeah. you know, how much the Colts needed him, you know, how much he lifted the Colts, mm-hmm. you know, so it was kind of that kind of same feeling. So hopefully, you know, um, you know, they're able to do something. Hopefully the elbow holds in for the playoffs, but yes, Alex Smith award. Yep. Comeback player of the year. Um, yep. moving on to, um, I think we're on the, maybe where we've been going back and forth a lot this year, you and I, um, but I, I, I think when it's all said and done for me, I had to give it to to that bad man in Green Bay, which would be Aaron Rodgers. So, um, you know, uh, 48 touchdowns, only five interceptions. Um, We talk about the MVP. If if this guy wasn't playing, you know, the Packers definitely would not would not be at the level they are at. And, you know, leads the team to a first round bye as well. Uh, and so, um, just, just the way that he's looked at year, all year, the way he's lifted his team, um, and the way that they're sitting going into the playoffs, um, that's, I gotta, for, you know, as much as I really, you know, talked to Patrick Mahomes and Josh Allen, you know, really looking at, you know, what, you know, like I said, Patrick Mahomes has the Legion of Zoom. Josh Allen, I feel, has a lot more dynamic weapons, um, and the Buffalo Bills as a whole, I think, are a better team. Team, you know, as a whole team, you looking at them. So, because there's, there's, there's just too much that Aaron Rodgers brings to them, you know. So, yeah, I, yeah. I I'd go Aaron Rodgers for MVP. Oh, see, this one is the one that I struggled with, and it, and. Oddly enough, Mahomes wasn't even on my list um, because of that team that he is on. Um, I wanted to give this to Derrick Henry because in a in a passing league for what the numbers he put up is MVP worthy. Uh, earlier in the year, um, it was Russell Wilson. Um, then it was, for me, Dalvin Cook. Yeah. Then it was Derrick Henry. But then... You, you, everything you said was right. Uh, it's Aaron Rodgers this year, um, with the he and like I don't really buy into that. Like he he has less weapons because he has a great running back behind him, in Jones. He's got Adams uh, as wide receiver. The that tight end that he's got um, is no slouch. Um, so he's got weapons there, but. Man, I don't know if it was because they drafted a quarterback in the first round and they just lit him on fire. This could be his last year in Green Bay. We don't know. But that man is this year the MVP. 
he he lifted that whole team up to a first round bye in the NFC um and just put up amazing numbers um and so I I couldn't deny Aaron Rodgers the MVP this year just couldn't do it yeah and so yeah that's that is my MVP yeah. so that was our well. award season for the year 2020 um a lot of a lot of you know uh great performances from you know a lot of comeback mm-hmm. players this year of really igniting them and that you know Aaron Rodgers was a part of that so i mean uh yeah yes. so fun year um and it's not over we got playoffs coming up so uh but yes. um but we've been doing our let's look at each division and um you know um, this week we're going to be talking about the NFC East. I know that the playoffs are decided, but part of these discussions are, well, what are these teams going to be doing in the draft and in the upcoming years? Uh, that's why I also mm-hmm. kind of like to do it. Um, and the NFC East has a lot of holes to fill. Um, Jamie, any opening yeah. thoughts? Man, this all right, so this division is sad. Um, it's just really, really sad. But it was entertaining um, because it was just like w- one of these teams is going to the playoffs. None of them deserve it, but one of these teams is going to the playoffs. And um, it ended up being Washington, which I, I love because um, of Alex Smith. Uh, but there's so many... Just there's so much that needs to be corrected for each of these teams, you know. Um, you know, Washington will start there. Um, Alex might not be there next year, and so what are they going to do for quarterback? Because they already let Dwayne Haskins go. Uh, there's there's a lot. Luckily, I I, I trust Ron there, um, Coach Riviera. I think he's a good leader for that team going yeah. forward. Um, the Giants, um, for me, the Giants are the best team in this division. Um, and Bark, when Barkley comes back next year, if he is anything like he was years past, he, that, that's going to be a good team going forward. Get your, they need to get a wide receiver, someone that can stretch that field. And I think, I think the Giants, um, might surprise a lot of teams like you could take that record of six and ten and probably switch it. So, um, I so feel you would. That's the so Giants. You would, if you were, if you were going to right now pick a team, like that, you would want to coach. You would go with the Giants, or yeah, the best best situation moving forward. You'd go with the Giants. I trust. I trust their quarterback. I love their running back. Um, defense, I feel has some good pieces offensively. They have some good pieces. They're a wild card team to me, um, right now. Um, so yeah, yeah, I would, I would, I would going forward. I would trust the giants. Yeah. And, um, you know, you know, picking on what you were saying, you know, looking at, uh, Dallas and Philadelphia, you know, Philadelphia having one of the craziest moves we've seen last week with uh, benching Jalen Hurts at the very end. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, uh, I was not a fan of that um, because even 
even if you just, you know, Jalen wasn't having the be- his best game, uh, but even Jalen with his legs was a better option for him. I didn't know. Did you have any thoughts yes. about that situation? I will. I uh, in another segment, I will talk about that um, because um, it. I'm I'm mixed on that. I feel like um, there was positives and negatives for that whole thing. Um, so I will touch on that at a later segment. Um, but for me, like. Dallas is the biggest, like, what are they doing in this division? I feel like Dallas should have won this division because of their talent. Now, obviously, that going down um, doesn't help anything. But Dallas, to me, I think they should have ran away with this division this year. But, you know, they're they're losing their quarterback. Definitely um, kind of hurt them. But what, one thing I noticed about Dallas was Zeke kind of quit in that last game. Yeah. You know, he ran he, he ran for I feel like he quit after then, he got his money. Um, <laughs> I hate being like one of those guys, yeah. but I really I kind of felt like he's been doing – like, I don't know. It's just – it's definitely not like rookie yeah. or second year. And I know – I think he had some injuries, but still, I mean, it's just I, – I, Zeke is just – I don't know. I, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, Zeke for me, I I def I've definitely noticed that he's kind of um quit, um but the it became really obvious the last week, um, uh you know week seventeen because he he ran for um that like a couple yards and then he he tapped himself out and it was like and then he later said that he was having like hamstring issue or whatever but I don't believe that for a second I think he quit on this team he I, he knew there was really nothing to play for. Um, and he was just kind of done with the whole season and everything. And, um, it'll be interesting going forward. Um, you know, like, are you going to still be that guy who wants to be fed more or are you just going to become just uh, another highly paid running back that doesn't amount to his potential? And to me so far, you know, he hasn't. This was a year for him to put the Dallas Cowboys on his back and lead them to a division title and into the playoffs. And he didn't do that. You know, um, he he had 979 yards, six touchdowns, and six fumbles. And when you're paid to like he is, you should be putting up Derrick Henry numbers. You know, and you're not, and so I feel like it, he definitely let let he let the team down. Definitely let the team down this year. Um, but yeah, I mean, like I said, I'll touch on Philadelphia in a right. late, later segment. Uh, but um, Dallas for me is just kind of a. Um, they're, they're just the biggest, like, what, what are you doing? Like, what's going on in Dallas? You know, that, that team should not be six right. and 10, even with Andy Dalton at quarterback, that team should not be six and 10. And, you know, it just didn't make sense to me. Um, that's why I don't trust them going forward. 
Um, but I do trust the Giants going forward. Yeah, so. and the answer, kind of what I asked you, um, I, I had talked about a little bit after the Washington had beat the Steelers, um, but I, I like kind of where Washington is trending. I think you get in, you know, you either mm-hmm. draft yourself a QB or, you know, <laughs> you know, what's interesting is that they're talking about uh, maybe getting Cam Newton in there. Um, so, I mean, I that that defense for Washington is amazing in the front seven. Um, and I, yes. I, I think, you know, NFC East and what um, they've been able to show this year, I think moving forward, Washington is very easily going to have the best defense in that division. Um, and I think I it's agree. very easily you can get some offensive weapons. And like you said, I love, I love Ron Riviera. I think he gets the most out of the little bit of talent that he has, you know, mm-hmm. I mean, that's kind of mm-hmm. looking at this team in a way, you know, I just, um, for the first time in the longest of times I could ever think, I really like what Washington is doing, you know? Um, yeah. I like it even more than even the Robert Griffin years, you know, where they're, they're at, you know? Yeah. Uh, and so, um, yeah, I if you know that question where you've chosen the Giants, I'd probably choose Washington just because of they've almost got that defense figured out, and then you get a little bit of that offense, mm-hmm. and then you know the thing is about that culture with you know what Ron Riviera has done is he's definitely like a players guy, but like I said, he's a guy that yes. wants some of these players who you know on on their last legs you know um who um have something a little bit left in the tank you know i feel like he can get yeah get that out and you know this whole year we talked about the cultures of teams and i just i you know where you talked about the cowboys i'm i'm the same feeling i just like i just don't know how you can just keep like keep paying these guys who are super talented and get nothing from it you know, um, and the yeah. reason is that you see it like you see the talent, like, is it the coaching? You know, we've and they fired the coaches. Is it just Jerry? And I have mm-hmm. and I've talked about, mm-hmm. you know, I just was if I was Jerry, I would just clean house, you know, because I, yeah. I don't think it's necessarily Jerry. It's just, you know, I I think just I, I think he cares so much for his like I've said in the past, I think he cares so much for his players. Um, like I, I haven't ever heard of somebody, a player, you know, I'd have to look it up. Cause I'm sure there is like a player that just absolutely doesn't like Jerry Jones, you know, you know, uh, yeah. mo- it's the opposite usually, <laughs> um, you know, even the past yeah. guys, you know, but it's just like the whole culture of Dallas is just off, you know, and I don't know if it's a McCarthy thing or whatever, but um, I just, yeah. And, and with Philadelphia, um, you know, I, I don't think it's time to get rid of Doug Peterson. I don't know who it's on there, but mm. I mean, you lost a, like, this is not your, like the year after the Super Bowl, you didn't have your Super Bowl team, you know? And yeah. the whole thing with Carson Wentz has been, um, Really interesting because, you know, early on when, you know, I thought with Carson Wentz and the drama he's created now, 
You know, you just don't think of a Carson Wentz causing this for his team, you know, and, you know, being yeah. healthy and then being inactive, you know, and stuff. So, I mean, I, I, I still like Doug Peterson there as the head coach. I just think, you know, um, they've got a lot to sort out in Philadelphia. I, I, you know, you know, I don't want to be super, you know, biased. I mean, I do like Jalen Hurts, but I don't, I don't even know necessarily <laughs> if he is the guy. You know, I don't think yeah. based on what I've seen, I, I think he definitely was a catalyst. I think he definitely did a better job than Carson Wentz. You know, but then again, you know, you talk about yeah. weapons. You know, you didn't, you know, an injured Miles Sanders. You know, there's, there's a lot to fix with Philadelphia. Mm-hmm. So. Um, yeah, and but in the playoffs, you've got Washington, and look, let's see what Washington's able to do. I mean, they've upset a couple teams, you know, in their run. Um, they would be playing who would be the second seed, uh, for the NFC, uh, I, Tampa, Bay. Tampa Bay. So you'd have to upset Tom Brady and, fo- uh, and folks. So, uh, we'll, we'll see, uh, you know, if they're able to do that, you know, so, yeah. um, so moving on, um, kind of as we are coming to closer to the end of our show, we saw some playoff action in college football. So the college football national championship is set with Ohio state playing Alabama. Um, there's talks of maybe post, you know, COVID and postponing, uh, haven't heard any of the latest to seeing if that's actually postponed. If it isn't, it's going to be played on Monday. Um, but they played their semifinal games where Alabama was against Notre Dame and Ohio State versus Clemson. So, um, Jamie, did anything stand out to you in those games? The one game that um, uh, I I watched and I was happy to watch was um... – the Florida State versus or uh, Florida, I should say, versus um, OU. Um, I did not expect Oklahoma to run away with that game like they did. Honestly, I thought I thought Florida was the better team. I thought Trask. I I thought he was better quarterback. Um, everything that when we break down teams, like all right, who's the better team? Who's got the better quarterback? Who's got the better head coach? Florida for me checked all those boxes, and um, I, so I was surprised to see them just run away, like for Oklahoma just to run away with it like they did. Um, you know, Trask did not have a good game, um, especially you know to his standards because he's been. Um, so yeah, that was mine. Like it just it didn't make sense, but. I mean, I love watching Florida lose as a Miami Hurricane fan, but um, you know, fifty-five to twenty, I, I just I didn't expect that. Um, you know, I think I think going forward next year, uh, Oklahoma might be a team to look look out for um, in the top five, possibly getting into the playoffs next year. Uh, I just yeah. I really liked what they. I still showed. feel like they're gonna find a way to lose two games. maybe no but i mean and here's the thing with florida was they had a ton of guys not playing in that game um i would have liked to seen florida actually want to be there uh but you could Mm. tell i mean 
you know, they got up a little early on OU, but then uh, I think they scored first or whatever. But actually, no, not an OU game. But they, it was a bad start because they got three turnovers to start the game. But it was just, yeah. you know, they didn't have Kyle Pitts. They didn't have any of their offensive weapons. Um, yeah. And and so I when I watched that, it was just it was just a team just not wanting to be there that they were done. Um, and it's, and it's hard to, yeah. hard to see that because you would like to have seen, you know, the Florida that came out against Alabama with that same fire because mm-hmm. do, yeah, I, you know, I don't, I don't think, OU I, I mean, I think OU is good, but mm-hmm. it's just nobody on Florida seemed like they wanted to be there. I mean, and and yeah. Mullins, the way that he called that game was totally different from where what they called against Alabama. So I think just that loss in the SEC championship and those emotions of losing it to LSU and then losing to Alabama, um, because yeah. they came so close to be playing in a playoff game, you know, they felt like and and you know what, and I I think a lot of you know. I don't know. I, I think they really felt like if they would have beat LSU and then beat Alabama, they would have been in the playoffs. So, I mean, um, so I think that was kind of shown when they played against OU. So, for me, um, that was not the Florida of the, you know, that was the Florida that played LSU, you know, kind of overlooking them, you know, really didn't come out. Yeah. You know, so, um. You know, and, and it's hard when all of your best players, you know, sign out of these bowl games um, and getting ready for the draft. And so, yeah. you know, it's not necessarily right or wrong because if I had an offer, if somebody was telling me you have, you're going to be drafted, you know, maybe in the first round or second round, I don't know if I'm playing either, you know, in a game, in a bowl game that um, really only matters to the school, you know. I mean, you know. The See, I've never, I've never understood that you, 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 you sign You have a, you have a commitment to your teammates. Man, it's not just about the school. It's about those guys that you have sweat with, bled with, and cried with. You know, these are these are your brothers. And if you're a leader on this team, and you decide, you know what, my future is more important than your game. You know, because some for some guys, this is this is their Super yeah. Bowl. This is the game. This is as far as it's, it's going to go for them. They don't get to go to the NFL, or if they do, they you know sit on a practice squad and then they're never heard from again. So I feel like I've never liked that. That when a player is like, you know what, no, no, I'm I'm going to get ready for the draft. See ya. You know, I, I feel like if that was me, if that was a teammate of mine doing that, like, you either get back in here and get ready for this game coming up or we're just going to have a fight right now and I'm going to beat you out of this locker room. You know, because I've, I've just never understood that. I've You know, it just it's never yeah. made sense to me that a player who has, well, now, I mean, you know, committed I mean, the, uh, this team. Now you kind of understand the mindset of the Florida players. I mean, yeah. you, you yeah. all your best guys are done. I mean, they lost guys, you know, who yep. didn't play defensive and offense, especially offense. Um, 
Yeah, so I oh. I think I tend to agree with you. I think what's hard for me is is I I don't necessarily like the the decision, but I've never been in a place where somebody's like saying, "Hey, you have an opportunity to make, you know, five million dollars a year, and if you if you you yeah. were you were going to get that if you sign, if you get hurt, that will compromise yeah. it. You're gonna drop some yeah. rounds and you're gonna lose a couple million. Yeah, and I I get that, you know, because I'm I'm a dude that works slightly above minimum wage, um, and will never even touch that much money in my lifetime. But, you know, at the same time, the first overall draft pick did play. He was out there playing in that game. And so, like, you know, if if Trevor Lawrence is playing, he, let's see, he lost 33 for 48, 400 yards, two touchdowns. If that dude's playing, what's your excuse? That guy has the most to lose. You're you're looking at the first overall draft pick playing in a game in a losing effort at that. So what's their excuse? Why are they not playing? You know, it, it that's something that just always has set wrong with me personally. That these these players kind of get greedy whenever um their agent says, Hey, there's millions on the line. Like all their, you know two to three years that they've put in on this football team, you know, the summer practices, all that stuff just suddenly means nothing, you know? And I just, I hate that. I've always hated that. Yeah. And I mean, you know, I, I think, I think Nick's because, you know, rarely Nick Saban's players sit even for, Mm -hmm. but, but they haven't had (laughs) not a lot of meaningless bowl games. Uh, but you think yeah. about last year when they played against Michigan, um, I I think he there was one, uh, but all of them like Jerry Judy played. Um, mm-hmm. I think I think Rugs ended up playing like they all you know, and so I I think what Nick Nick Saban point probably made the best point about it was you have a chance to actually increase your stock. You're not gonna you're not gonna worsen your stock by playing. You're the you know the only thing you're yeah. gonna do is is increase your stock. So he he likes to see guys play and he encourages guys to play. Um, but it's part it's yeah. kind of that whole thing of his culture. It's like you know you know we are to finishing the season and he encourages players. You know so I mean that's part of it. I mm-hmm. I think for me I guess where I just you know look at is. Is if I was in the same position, I don't know if I would, you know, not make the same decision to not play, you know, if if I had a guaranteed yeah. opportunity, you know, and have seen players get hurt in bowl games and uh and in yep. the senior bowl and things like that. So um but yeah. you know, talking about uh you know, going to Clemson and Ohio State, um, you know, I I've been on my rants about Ohio State and I will never not feel like they shouldn't have been in the in the playoffs first of all. Um but you know, I just think Cle- Clemson looked like they they were almost like worn out, like they weren't fresh. 
you know, was mm. the biggest thing I could yeah. tell uh, from them, which surprised me because they kind of blew out, out their matchup against Notre Dame. Um, you know, mm-hmm. and Ohio State, you know, definitely felt more explosive. Um, and, you know, mm-hmm. they... Well, they're definitely more definitely fresh. Definitely more fresh, I think. Um, you know, um, and that was my thing with Ohio State is like, you, you know, without, you know, the whole season, you don't have, you know, battle as much with injuries, you know. Like, you know, then this upcoming mm-hmm. national championship game, I mean, um, you know, we we lost one of our most key aspects to our offensive line, you know, um, which is Landon Dickerson. Uh, but, but just going back to Clemson and Ohio state, um, you know, I, you know, they definitely did look like one of the best teams in college football. There, there is no denying it on that side. I just, I just feel you don't know if, you know, we look at Oklahoma, you know, um, we don't know if during the course of the season, because you came close to Indiana, you came close to Penn State, that you don't end up losing one of these matchups or losing two of these matchups. So that's my first point, you know, overall. Yeah. My second point with them hoping in the playoffs is they literally had to change the rules for them to play in a conference championship game. And then later on, ESPN says the committee, you know, one of their determining factors, the reason that they are in there is because they won the Big Ten. But I think it should have been not, that point should be null and void because they had to change the rules for them to play that game. Um, yeah. Anyways, but, you know, your question was, does that does that rule off that they shouldn't have been in the playoffs? I I still feel like it should have. Do I think that they were one of the best teams after they played Clemson? I think they were. Um, mm-hmm. uh, and but the for me the criteria. I mean, I don't know. It just it just felt like well, Alabama could have made the same case. Alabama could have only played five games and still been in the playoffs. All those teams could have done that and been you know. Yeah. You know, Alabama for sure less injuries at full strength, especially on the offensive and and some defensive guys uh, for Alabama could have been in that same yeah. boat. Um, you know, looking at the Alabama Notre Dame game, I think a lot of people expected it. Um, you saw some moving forward from Notre Dame. You know, I, I think they are a lot more physical on their trenches, uh, but like I mean, like Brian Kelly said, I mean, there's been no team who has been able to stop. Alabama's offense so you know everybody's attacking Brian Kelly and that was a good point he made he's like tell me which coach has stopped them yet and and they haven't yet you know um and so everybody gets you know so upset with Notre Dame because they can't get past Alabama but most teams can't get past Alabama you know and so um I think I, I I think he had I think Notre Dame was a good team, um I I I do think Texas A and M would have beat that team, and I think Texas A and M could have based on the way Clemson did play, um I think Texas A and M could have beat that Clemson team too, um so yeah. um I uh I 
I don't know. Uh, because at some, you know, the SEC games, I mean, besides the Florida game, I think most of the SEC teams won their bowl games, but it was, it was pretty close around the board. So, um, but I don't know. I, it was just, it's just odd. I think the Clemson Ohio state was the oddest thing to me. Cause they just, I never seen Clemson looking that flat. Um, maybe the only other time I could think was when Jalen hurts beat Clemson before they beat Georgia in the national championship. Maybe that was the only other time I'd seen Clemson that flat, but I Clemson looked tired. I, I don't know if I could get around that point, Yeah, but I didn't know. Did you have any thoughts on the semifinals? Uh, man, I mean, I just basically echo everything you said. Um, you know, like Ohio state, man, I just like, are they, you know, the, one of the best teams that was in the playoffs? Yeah, but they shouldn't have been there. Like, it's just, they didn't earn that playoff spot this year. And if, if it was any other year, like if, you know, if COVID wasn't a thing, like I believe they would be still in the playoffs. I, it's, they're a good team, but I just, with they they only played seven games this year, you know, and that's still a lot. Their 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 players still have wear and tear. They still have you know stuff, you know, injuries and stuff. But you you can't. They just didn't earn it, and I feel like they got in because of who they are. Are now again, they are. I would say the second best team that was in the playoffs this year. They're playing the number one team. Um. I just don't feel like they should have been in. And and like I was telling you, man, um, I think Alabama needs to send a clear and just decisive message to the NCAA. I hope Alabama puts up 70 on them. I hope they just run them off the field. Like, you, you don't belong here. There was other teams that did, and we're going to show you how we feel about that. And just annihilate them. Yeah, it'll be yeah. interesting to see. I mean, usually, usually it's uh, a lot of people are cheering against Alabama. I mean, I mean, rightfully so. Probably, mm-hmm. you know, based on the time, you know, you don't want to see the <laughs> dynasty win. But I wonder if this changes anything. You know, that's what I've been kind of wondering this week. I yeah. wonder if more people will root for a team that, you know, had had the first time a team had gone perfect in an sec schedule, you know, uh, mm-hmm. because what's crazy, what's up for grabs is, you know, we talked about LSU being the greatest team ever, the greatest national champions ever. Mm-hmm. And then this year, you know, that's up for grabs again, because we had, because LSU still faced, you know, paid people to come, you know, play them the year before, you know, they still had those games on their schedule. You know, and so this is a yeah. run ran the table on the SEC. You know, um, ran against yeah. the best in the East, the best, the best in the East, and the best in the West. So I mean, um, yep. if Alabama does win, it's funny. It's like one year LSU, but then Alabama takes the crown right back. You know, um, yeah. But if Ohio State wins, yeah. this is like the biggest asterisk for me. Like that's what's kind of at stake mm-hmm. in my mind is like, 
I, if I was Alabama, I would always be like, oh, we'll just let people decide, you know, like not play. Yeah. You know? If they didn't play, like if mm-hmm. we run the, the, the course of this thought, if they didn't play and they were like forced to choose, you would have to choose Alabama. You know, I don't know. But yeah, anyways, mm-hmm. you know, I'm excited to see the game. I wish it was somebody other than anybody but Ohio State, even Cincinnati. Like Cincinnati yeah. may even have a better case. Mm-hmm. You know, I know that they didn't beat yeah. Georgia, but they almost beat Georgia, but they went undefeated. I mean, they to me had a bigger case yeah. than than Ohio State, especially Texas A and M. I keep going back to Texas A and M. I know, but they uh but I feel like they should have been in. So um yeah. Best and worst things that we saw. Um, I'll start with my best because <laughs> um, it kind of goes back to the Alabama Notre Dame game. Um, and it is one of the most beautiful plays I've ever seen in my life that I freaked out. Like my, I was going crazy when I saw it is Najee yep. Harris's run against Notre Dame for 50 yards where he literally jumped over a guy like, like what's crazy yep. also at that point when he when he jumped over the player was I felt like Notre Dame was like, okay, there's a little bit of hope for us in this game. Like we feel good about yeah. where we're at. Like we we're a lot we're different from the team that was in the national championship game a few you know years ago. Like this is a different Notre Dame. Yeah. And and you know, you had that feeling and it all came to an end. As soon as Najee jumps over Notre Dame, like and one moment <laughs> proves to you, like this is where Alabama's at, and this is where you're still yeah. at. Like in one moment, like yeah. I think fans from Alabama and Notre Dame like saw that, you know, and he does it yeah. right in front of Brian Kelly, and I'm sure, like if I'm Brian Kelly, I'm like, what in the world? They're like, what do we do? <laughs> like, how do you even stop that? Where you just literally jumped. And the crazy thing about that jump was, I mean, the Notre Dame players like barely had his head down. So he, I don't know how high, I mean, he jumps like over him. Like it wasn't like a dive. Yeah, I want to see his yeah, vertical. Like, it was over, <laughs> like when he did it, like he cleared him. He cleared him like it was nothing. You know, <laughs> it was like yeah. one of the most incredible things I've ever seen. Um, and they did it. They didn't even really tackle him. I mean, he kind of got pushed out of bounds at the end of the play. So, I mean, he never really was pulled down, you know. So, mm-hmm. oh, man, that's undoubtedly maybe even like if I had to choose like the best of the year, that may have even been the best of the year. Because, I mean, there is so much yeah. said with yeah. that one play. And really the momentum in that game did change after he did that jump was I felt Mm -hmm. like Notre Dame did feel kind of in it. They were doing some, they were doing some things. He jumps over him and that, that thought process completely changed. Like it's over. It's done. Yeah. (laughs) So what was your best? So my best, uh, (laughs) the Eagles costing the giants a playoff spot. So, we talked about the NFC East earlier and just it came down to this team had to lose. This team had to win kind of thing. We see it every year in the playoffs. This team has to win in order for this team to get in the playoffs. 
So the so the Giants were depending on the Eagles to win. They were depending on a division rival to beat another division rival. And Peterson does the craziest thing, I think, ever. And he, he pulls his young rookie quarterback who had two rushing touchdowns for a journeyman quarterback. And just... It was over, you know, obviously tanking the season and costing the Giants their uh, playoff spot. Um, I thought it was funny, you know, because a judge got on there and he's like, um, you know, I would in my, you know, as long as I'm the head coach here, I'll never do anything like that. Um, And and talking about the sanctity (laughs) of the game and all that stuff. And I get that. You're, but you know, at the same time, dude, you're only mad because your division rival wouldn't uh, win a game, so you can get into the playoffs. So, you know, going forward, if the Giants have learned anything, it's don't depend on a division rival to get you into the playoffs. So, yeah, I felt that was funny, and I liked it because I feel like next year the Eagles and the Giants uh, games might be kind of worth watching because I feel like there's going to be some, uh, it's going it, to, it's going to be. What's so nice. funny about that move, Jamie is, but is I, I, I kind of feel like, you know, it was okay. Like Jalen wasn't, the offense really wasn't doing anything. I mean, and like yeah. if, if uh, I think Sudfield is, is the back, but if he comes in yeah. and, he has any sort of the spark. They're calling that's one of the greatest moves that Doug Peterson's ever done. You know, it's it's yeah. a fifty fifty call. You know, and yeah, you know, I think a lot of people were like, "Well, it's not senior day." You know, it's you know, and it's like, mm-hmm. but if if he could have come in and and done something a little different against a good Washington defense, you know, no, like that's what I, like moves yeah. like this. It's it was. It was, you know, and, and like you said, for the Giants to be in the position where you have to depend on another team, you know, should you really yeah. even be? Yeah. A division you, rival I mean, at you that. You can't blame, you know, whatever. But like I said, if it's a yeah. 50-50 chance and like everybody being like Doug Peterson needs out, I'm like, it's not time for that. You know, there's there are so many other holes and so many other pieces that they've got to fix with Philadelphia before you – get rid of a coach that took you to a Super Bowl, like the, you know, and to give Doug Peter, you know, Andy Reid never was able to do that in Philadelphia. It was Doug Peterson, you know? So, I mean, I, it's just, it, it, it boggles my mind the way that just people are like, he's, he can't do it anymore. It's like, you've got it. You got to give Peterson. I I don't know. You've got to give him a little grace because he did get you to a Super Bowl with Nick Foles. You know, at quarterback. I was about to say with Nick yeah. Foles. So I mean, because it's <laughs> so, it's just yeah. not. Co- I, it's not. It's it for me. It's I if I if I felt it was a cultural thing with that Philadelphia team, you know, and maybe people now maybe it's a question where Doug Peterson is with all the drama with his quarterbacks. Maybe it's created that now, mm-hmm. but before you've never heard of that. You know, I didn't think the culture of Philadelphia no. was wrong. Like I do think with the Cowboys, no. you know, 
But then again, I said, yep. you know, it would have been a great coaching move. They would have said, oh, he he lit a spark in that offense. Like, what a great what a great time to bring in your backup just to see some. That's yeah. what they would have said. You know, mm-hmm. I mean, if it would have gone the other yeah. way. Now, I mean, Jalen was part of the reason why they got those scores. But throwing the ball, he didn't do anything special. Like, and then no. everybody getting on Doug Peterson the next day made no sense, you know? Mm-hmm. And so I, and look, and if you're a Philadelphia fan, you're like, we lost that game. We are in a higher draft position because, yeah, it, because we lost that game. Like we're doing a lot better now. Well, it's not, it's not really Philly fans that are talking um, all negative about Doug. It's, it's Giants fans. They're the mat. They're all mad because they cost them a playoff spot. Philly fans are like, we were, we're four and whatever, 11 and one. Like we had nothing to play for. We get a better draft position. If we lose, if they would have won, they would have gotten, they would have went up like, three or four picks like you know it was kind of obvious there like what you do you know they and so yeah from what i've seen it's only people that's only giants fans that are really really mad right now yeah which get over yourself <laughs> so um uh what what was your yeah dislike? Uh, my dislike is we were talking about it before the show but it's Everything to do with Houston right now, um, yeah. just the whole organiz like the whole. We talked about it from the beginning with, you know, it started like Hop. This whole when they got rid of Hopkins, it's like everything has gone downhill. The crazy thing mm. is, Deshaun Watson's numbers are incredible for this year. Like if yeah, he was a passing yeah, leader and. And now you're in threat that Deshaun wants out after getting his contract. Like, yeah, man, this, this as, as I, but I think I was, I was feeling it from day like one. I was like, you can't make a losing head coach your GM as well. Like, why yeah. did you ever think that would work? So, I mean, yeah. uh, I, I mean, people. Some people are like happy with the new GM hire. It's just, man, I, I, like it. You know, because this team, I mean, had a lead on the Chiefs. If they beat the Chiefs, yeah, I feel like they probably would have beat the Titans, and then they would have been in a Super Bowl. I mean, do you feel like that yeah. Houston team would have beat the Titans? I think it would have been closer um, than um, what we got with the Chiefs and the Titans. I feel like they would have went back and forth a little bit. But um, I feel like defensively, yeah, I think Houston can beat Tennessee. Offensively, yeah, I think um, Houston would have beat Tennessee. Um, San Francisco, though, in the in the Super Bowl. But well, I mean, um, I mean, San Francisco's defense is yeah. Just I think their defense would have handled because yeah i mean you know because i just i don't think they had as many weapons as you know yeah that's the shot you know um and i and i'm like just i i think patrick can just get out of situations that no other quarterback can you know? yeah um but outside of russell wilson yeah even 
I don't know. I there's you know I, that's a whole different discussion. Um, but the main thing was, um, like, there's a good chance that they're in the Super Bowl. I mean, because I I do think they get past the Titans, um, and yeah. so that's where that team was. And like within a year or two, it's it's to this, mm-hmm. you know, because JJ Watt was wanting to be done for a while now. The Sean seems like he wants out. Um, that's why it surprised me when Brandon Cook says he wants to like grow alongside of Deshaun Watson, which I would too. Uh, but mm-hmm. if Watson goes, I'm like, Cooks is like, well, why did I say that? <laughs> like, I want out too, you know. Yeah. So, yeah, I just, I don't, I don't understand Houston. I, I don't get it. So that's why they were, they're like my overall worst because they, they had a lot go like you build from what you have. But then you get into these player conflicts and it all goes down to the drain, you know, like, yeah, anyways, you, you build on what you had and they destroyed, they were like, no, we want, we want draft picks. We want the, like they destroyed every sense of them moving forward. So anyway, so yeah, my yeah. worst overall would be Houston after the news. I'm hearing that the Sean may want out. And I was reading an article on NBC Sports, talking about that, he kind of wants out. So that's yeah. crazy. Um, just to, just to add to that, um, you know, if I'm Deshaun, I give Houston time to hire a head coach. Now, as a Chiefs fan, they hired a former executive of the New England Patriots to be their GM. Um, as a Chiefs fan who had Scott Pioli as a GM. If that guy brings the Patriot way to your organization, run, run. Okay, it's not. It doesn't end well. The Patriot way only works up there in Boston. That's it. Doesn't work anywhere else. You'll end up with like someone like Matt Castle as your quarterback, and it's just <laughs> not. It doesn't end well for the home team. Okay, so run. Yeah. But I'm here in Houston. Hasn't even uh, interviewed Eric Bieniemy. Which I find very, very interesting. They um, say that they so won't. If I'm Deshaun, they're saying that I, they're not going to even. That's one of the things I read. Wow. Um, I did. Okay. I did read that wow. part of to satisfy Deshaun's like. They want Deshaun to have a big say in who they will hire, to try and keep him. At, which okay. I, you know, I'm like fine. Like you've you've got to. You gotta find yeah. a way to keep Deshaun because after a year that he's had this year, because if 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 they win more, he's up for MVP. He he probably is the MVP. You know. Yeah. So, yeah. Um, say, let's play a little scenario game before I go to my dislike. Say Deshaun gets he he requests his trade, okay, and say he gets traded to New England, and is. Now got Bill Belichick as his head coach. I mean, I I mean, I yeah I I mean, I don't know if he necessarily has a say where he gets traded. Um, that would be awesome for the Patriots, I guess, but um, mm-hmm. I don't see that duo working out at all. Um, <laughs> at all, I kind of do. I think I think he would be able to run well, that offense if, the way he but, wants to. He'd be able to run it like Tom was able to run I, it. But but here's the thing. I 
the whole thing with Tom Brady and ex-players just saying that they wanted out of New England, like, said a mm. lot, you know, for, I mean, Bill's incredible, but that whole Patriot way is just not meant for some players. I don't know if Desha- if it's meant yeah. for Deshaun. I, I think he would do great. I think it would be, I think he'd do fantastic if he bought into it. If he bought into the system, it would be mm. perfect. I just don't think he's a guy that that I I think he wants some like a strong like laid back kind of character like a like a Pete Carroll or Andy Reid. You know, I don't know. I, or yeah, Ron Riviera. I mean, yeah. So I mean, um, yeah. Because I mean, Cam yeah. wants out, and Cam had a good year with New England, and he wants out. You know, so yeah. that's part of why yeah. I said I I don't think that he would be. I think it would be great for New England, but I don't I don't think he'd want to go there. But if he's wanting a trade, he may not have much mm-hmm. of a say. You know where he goes. So yeah, unless unless the team does him a favor, um, I think the scenarios. Mm-hmm. I mean, New England would be interested. Um. You know, I think um, Jacksonville would be interested. Uh, Chicago, uh, Chicago would be interested. I I would take Jacksonville off that list, man. They've got they're, the they're, that's Trevor, but Lawrence. they've got the. I'm meaning they've got the capital to make that trade, though. Um, yeah. yeah. So I mean, you. Do you go for, uh, I mean, Deshaun Watson kind of a shorter bet, you know, or you offer that one spot for Deshaun, you know? So, um, yeah. we'll, we'll table this discussion yeah, and we'll see yeah, where it we, leads. This is going to be a good yeah. couple months because, uh, free agency starts in March and then we got the draft in April. Yeah. So, we, we're going to be able to, we'll stay yeah. with this and, yeah. Yeah. Um, but for my dislike, so my like was Eagles uh, costing the Giants. My dislike was um, Eagles tanking. Um, I I love the game of football. I've played it for 10 years, played it with you um, for a majority of that. And um, I love the game. And um, I hate – I don't – see, I, I don't think it's – Peterson, I think, you know, you were saying, like, if it's a 50-50 call. I think he knew what he was doing. I think he knew that, you know what, we're not going to win this game, and we gain nothing from winning this game. So I'm just going to take take my starter out. Um, we, he don't need to get hurt. We're going to ride with him next season. Um, so I get that. Um, but at the same time, that this is not just a game for your for the Eagles. Like this is their job. This is their livelihood. This is the last time that a lot of those players are going to play together, um, and it means a lot to them to win. To win five games is a lot. That I mean, winning a football game in the NFL is hard. So to win that last one against a division opponent, they they could go back to that locker room with their heads up and say, you know what, we we, we ended strong. We started 2021 strong. We're going to come in next season with whoever's here. We're going to put in the work, and we're going to win more than five games. 
That's that's the mentality you set by winning that last game. So for him, in my eyes, to purposely tank, I think um, sets a bad example for your team. Um, and you're messing with people's jobs. You know, because out of four 11-1 record, there's people are going to get fired. There's some of those players that might never play another NFL game, you know, and to purposely do that, in my eyes, um, I feel was kind of wrong on your head coach. Now, I'm not saying he needs to be fired because obviously this is the guy that brought Philly a Super Bowl um, for the first time. So, you know, that's that that earns him another year that earns him like another two years in my eyes. But he made a mistake in that last game because um, you 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 basically just said, you know what, we're just going to lose. Um, you, I felt like he kind of gave up on his players that last game. And that didn't sit well with me. It was funny to see him screw over a division opponent. That's why it was my like. But at the same time, as a former player myself, um, that sat wrong with me because I wanted to win every game that I could, even the ones that didn't matter. And so that was why it was my dislike. Yeah, I just, I, I'm not really super hard trying to defend the move, but I mean, I just felt like it was easy because Jalen doesn't necessarily guarantee you the win, you know? Yeah. And, I, but it gives you your best. But we don't necessarily know that because I don't. You know, they saw know. the coaches seen Sudfield in practice, like maybe he was showing yeah. them looks that they liked. I mean, you know, I mean, yep. like you said, it was fifty yeah. fifty. If if it works out, that's the greatest coaching move of yeah. of the of the I, year. You know, it if it yeah. works out, I mean, but it didn't, I, and now we're asking yeah. questions. I mean. Uh, the the whole quarterback's room is interesting for Philadelphia because I'm sure Jalen Hurts hated it too. So then you've got Carson upset, mm-hmm. and then you got Jalen Hurts upset. You know, so there that yep. would be my point of why you don't do it. You know, to if, yeah. if Jalen Hurts is your guy moving forward, you just win, lose, or draw. You just stick with your guy. Uh, but but yep. my point was it's just like I I. I mean, I I don't think I would have done it, but I don't think it's an egregious move that he made because your quarterback yeah. wasn't able wasn't doing anything with it. You know, I mean, you look at Brian mm-hmm. Flores. I mean, everybody loves that he does that with, you know, he, he puts Tua in and then they bring when it's not going well. I mean, I know it's not the same as Ryan Fitzpatrick, but I mean, you know, yeah. I mean, but what if it didn't work with Ryan Fitzpatrick? What if it was worse? then they would have said yeah. you endangered the development of your rookie. That's what they would have said. But yeah. it worked out. Yeah. Because yeah. we don't, you, you know, we we don't see what they're seeing in practice, you know? And that's why, yes. like, the whole with Patrick Mahomes is like, Andy and them are going crazy to get that guy on the field because they, they know what he can mm-hmm. do, you know? And so, mm-hmm. obviously, Sudfield... We now know that what he can do, and it's just the horrible, <laughs> you know. For yeah, and it may have been a bit, you know. Exactly. So I don't know that 
that would be my point. The biggest point is you had a fractured quarterback, and I think that's probably where made that move the worst. But I'm not going to be the yep. one guy that says it was the most horrible thing I've seen in foot, you know. And I don't think you're on that. I'm not no. saying that that's what you're thinking. It's just. No, just on a personal yeah. level, I just felt, I felt, yeah. It, it, no, it's not the worst thing that I've ever seen in a football yeah. game. Um, but um, just as a, as a former player that just loves every aspect of that, that game, um, that misses it with every just bone of my body, even the ones that hurt because of it, um, you know, I, I just felt like um, he gave up um, and just kind of was like, well, we're just going to go through the motions, but we're, we're not going to win this game. Um, so, yeah, well, we've got a lot to look at with NFL playoffs coming up. Um, and then definitely we'll mm-hmm. be watching that. Uh, it's definitely in the Pipkin household. We'll be watching that national championship game. Uh, you know, root, root for that yep. old tide. Uh, anyways, you guys have a great rest of your week. And we will talk to you all later.